Yeah, too close for podcasts. <laughs> you're, you people. You're, you want this? I learned it by watching Too Close for Comfort. It's episode 115. Actually, it's only episode 15, but we're talking about season 1, episode 15, so hence 115. First aired on March 3rd, 1981. And what am I listening to right now? You're listening to Too Close for Podcast, the unofficial Too Close for Comfort podcast. I'm Marty Catola. And I'm Gene Mott. And we talk about your favorite sitcom from the 1980s. And if it's not your favorite, then maybe you should at least remember it. Because you say to kids nowadays, oh, you know Three's Company. Oh, yeah, I know that one. What about Too Close for Comfort? What? Well, we're here to help uh, re-educate everybody about that. What else was on? Happy Days was on. Oh, that they night. all know Happy Days. They uh, even know Laverne and Shirley. Like the the tail end of Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley happened on this watch. It was all on the same night. Yeah. I think it was Tuesday. And you just stay tuned for that last half hour of Too Close for Comfort after the three was, biggies showed. And it was pretty good because you had all your great sitcom tropes. Who knows what was on the other channel? You didn't even want to risk that. This is a pretty pretty highly rated show. The episode we're talking about tonight is called Centerfold that aired on March 3rd, 1981. That's a great title. So this time, we find Henry, half-dressed, kneeling on his bed, looking at a speech he's written on Muriel's recipe cards. Wow, we didn't start the episode in the kitchen? During breakfast? No. Wow, they're messing it up on us. What a twist. 80% of these shows start in the kitchen. So, but you already know that. I'm not telling you people anything. Scientific theorem. You don't already know. And he's written a speech for a boys club ceremony honoring Buck Krulik, I believe. The one and only. A pretty noted football player. An oversexed quarterback. Oh, yeah. As Muriel calls him. Muriel knows his rep. This guy likes likes girls, and he likes them young, and he likes lots of them. Wasn't he the drummer in her band? Oh, he, he could be. <laughs> There's a theme. Oh, we're replacing uh, characters. I kind of mix it up, stories. so you wouldn't, you wouldn't think about that. So let's start this episode in the bedroom. Oh. One of the very few times. So Henry... Reads the first joke to Muriel, and she thinks the recipe on the back of the back of the card would be funnier than than Henry's joke. I did not write down Henry's joke. If you want to hear it, you have to seek it out. You got to be a super fan. It involved a chorus line in Vegas, and the punchline was him drinking the glass of water. Was that? Well, that's when he's waiting for the laugh. Uh-huh. It's just all comedy timing. It's classic. I mean. So the girls show up and tell Henry how excited they are about meeting Buck or about the fact that he's going to meet the fact that he's going to meet Buck. We'll just call him Buck from now on because his last name is too confusing. The girls are very excited that that Henry is going to do the speech for Buck. So Henry sits them down and he starts doing the speech with the joke and the girls like it so much they leave. Boom. Cut. So later, Muriel is asleep on the couch when Henry comes in, comes home with Buck. 
Krulik. Krulik? You're right. Muriel asks if she can bring the girls up to meet him. She had a very surprised look on her face when she woke oh, up. It was, yeah, we, I'd do a double take on it because it was so good. Henry's worried. Once again, Henry's worried that Buck will hit on his young teenage, or his young daughters. But he's confusing Buck with Muriel's old drummer. Now, if you notice in this scene, there's an ashtray on the table, and you'll never see anybody ever use it. I, I don't think Mr. Rush would like that, but yet there's the ashtray. I feel like I've seen somebody smoke a cigar once in the living room. Mm, mm. Maybe. Well, so Muriel asks if, if she can bring the girls up to meet him. Henry's worried that he's going to hit on her, hit on the girls. Buck notices Muriel's photos and tells them that he's going to pose nude for Liberated Woman magazine. Henry is surprised that Buck, is the, that Buck would do such a thing. And then the girls arrive wearing their finest dresses. They're, they're, they're pretty excited that Buck is, is there because he's, he's quite the, the social. Oh, particularly Sarah is intrigued. Like she knows all the gossip about this guy. She, she reads those mag. She's the Inquirer, whatever their equivalent of the Inquirer is. TMZ, yeah. Yeah, if that existed back then. <laughs> so Henry... Barbados. Henry quickly goes to get the cosmic cow drawing, which is the whole reason that the, that the buck came back, because he's, he's going to exchange a, a signed football for a signed cosmic cow drawing, because Buck is a huge fan of Cosmic Cow. In this in this universe, not only is Buck a huge star, but a huge star is a huge fan of Cosmic Cow, which which just increases Henry's power. Right? And so Henry's power grows. Buck must have enjoyed Henry's joke. Because if he loves Cosmic Cow so much, I'm guessing Cosmic Cow was loaded with that type of humor. You think he stole most of his jokes from Muriel? So Henry goes real quick. He, he gets that cosmic cow drawing to trade for the football because he, can, he needs to get Buck out of there because he doesn't want Buck uh, hitting on his girls. So Buck leaves and he, and he says, what a hit Henry's opening joke was. And then we find out he stole Muriel's joke early, from earlier in the episode. Later, Henry is, is looking for Muriel in the living room, picks up a foot ladder for whatever reason, like a foot, what would you call it, a foot ladder? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd call that. And he tries to go into the kitchen at the same time that Muriel is trying to get out of the kitchen. Oh, yeah, like, like I'm sure that's never happened to them before. So they're all jammed up. And she's, she's got, like, some photos on a string, like she's drawing some photos on a string, and for whatever reason, she was carrying them to the living room. Maybe she was going to hang it somewhere else. Not really sure what, what that was about. I'm not a photographer, you see. So Henry kicks the door, sending Muriel sprawling across the kitchen table, and, then, and now we find out that uh, Liberated Woman magazine has hired Muriel to do the Buck photo shoot, 
where he's going to appear nude. And she's done all the day-in-the-life stuff, and then she's going to do the nudes tomorrow. And she's suggestively peeling a potato. No, yeah, like hardcore. Yeah, there, there's some, what's the word? Innuendo? Innuendo. There's some innuendo there for sure. So Henry tells her she's not doing it and forbids her to do it, and she tells him she's got to get up early in the morning and go to work. Forbid? She's not having any of that. All right, I insist. And that's the end of Act 1. That was 12 minutes. Which is kind of long before your first commercial break. It's probably... Because we watched the Antenna TV versions. It, they might be resequencing the commercials, so... But still, that's, that's a long time. If you're watching some other show and you flipped uh, Too Close for Comfort, there's probably not going to be a commercial on there. And you, you'll get hooked and watch the rest of it until Monroe shows Or you're just hoping Monroe shows up. So 12 minutes is a long time. Not the longest we've ever had before our first commercial break, but certainly a length of time. So the next morning, guess what? Act two begins. Henry's making breakfast when the girls walk in. And he explains to them that Muriel's taking pictures of Buck. So act two starts in the kitchen making breakfast? Wow, they're switching it up on us. Usually right. that's the beginning of act one. That's, that's not almost every episode. Here. Wow. So Henry explains to the girls that Muriel is taking pictures of Buck in the buff or in the buck or whatever. I feel like we just watched this. Which excites the girls. They're pretty, they're like, wow. Mom is doing that? That's that's so that's so hot, right? Buck, who wouldn't want to do that? Muriel is getting prepared to shoot her scene with Buck, the nude scene, in like an office or a library or something. Yeah, the only time we ever see this set. And she seems very uncomfortable about the whole situation. And then she's left alone with Buck, like the guy who set up the whole thing. He leaves. So she's left alone with Buck, and she's just stalling, and she doesn't want to see Buck's willy. So Buck tells her that he's as embarrassed as she is, and tells her that she's that they can find a new photographer. And Muriel's relieved about this, and tells him he's a gentleman, and shakes his hand. Boom. That's act two. Much shorter. Now, we're in the home stretch right now. So Muriel gets home. Henry apologizes and asks her never to do a job like that again. She agrees and then tells him how Buck let her out of the job. And once, once he did that, she felt comfortable enough to take the photographs. And boom, that's the end of the episode. Just right there. One of those sudden endings <laughs> that, we, that we've gotten a few times before. Mm -hmm. So our guest star tonight was Buck Krulik. Man, they come up with some interesting guest star names in this. If you arrange the letters a, uh, a little differently, you get his name could be Buck Kruk. <laughs> <laughs> cosmic Cow all over the place in this one. We see the drawing board, Sarah's wearing the Cosmic Cow sweater, and of course an autographed football from Buck Krulik in exchange for an original drawing of Cosmic Cow. 
Wow. What would that be worth? Usually, usually have to go to Comic Con to get something like that. What would that be worth today? That puppet. Henry Sweaters. Okay, this is another weird one. Another two sweater episode. We have University of Oklahoma while he's attempting to make pancakes during the beginning of Act 2. And then the very short Act 3, which is about two minutes long, he's wearing a Northwestern sweater. Who's notably absent? Uh, Monroe. Yeah, once again. But don't worry, I think starting next episode, Monroe's pretty much there from from here out. Henry pointed one good time in this episode that I could see. Sometimes you think maybe Henry's pointing, but since the shot's not that low, we can't see his, his hands. Muriel did get a point, didn't she? As far as the intro, we were back to the short intro, but Muriel's intro shot comes from this episode where she's pointing. <laughs> and looking like she's saying, ho, ho, ho. Now, we had the very first freeze frame transition uh, a few weeks back. This was the first episode that had the drive-by transition, as I call it. It's a slightly slanted shot in the daytime outside the house, and you can see an El Camino drive down the road at an angle. You will see this transition many times for years to come. I think this is the first time it was used. Muriel's photography, well, it's basically the plot. And we got to see the dark room be used again. I'm not sure what picture she was developing. Maybe they were the uh, other pictures for the buck shoot. Day in the life of. Yeah. Out on the town. Mm-hmm. Subversiveness. The plot. This was pretty racy for 1981 television. I don't remember this episode as a kid. And I saw this show a lot. Maybe... Channel 11 didn't like to show this episode. Like some other weird episodes much later in the run that I'm pretty sure I never saw as well. Next week's episode, I know I saw that one, but I'll talk about that in a second. We had the one-note music cue in this episode. On a scale of 1 to 5, I give this one a 4. Bizarre, odd happenings. Wasn't there a Titanic reference two episodes ago? Now, this type of stuff happens. Somebody will say something like Titanic on one episode, and then two episodes later, somebody else will say Titanic. The writers must have gotten something in their brain, and I don't remember what the other reference was, but I do know this one, the book was called Raise the Titanic, that the guy wanted in the ah. photo shoot. So. And there are two instances of pulling up a stool to sit on in this episode, apparently. Hmm. Wow. So what did we learn this week? Muriel shot porn, and Henry had to live with it. But she'll never do it again. <laughs> she'll never do it again. She she sold her wild oats. Now, next Plus week, the girls probably just love us. You know, well, they got the first prints of that. Oh, yeah. And this will not be the last time that uh, a member of the Rush family is involved with uh, adult magazines but that's still a ways from now. Now, next week, this is a classic. What's wrong with Mr. Wright? Jackie is dating a married man. Again? <laughs> Again? What? This happened before? Oh, no. I think it happened several times, doesn't it? Well, this is the definitive Jackie dating a Jack- married man episode. No. Jackie doesn't know what she's doing relationship-wise. Do you know anything about Jackie? 
you know that much. You ever see The Warriors? And if you haven't seen The Warriors, watch that before you come back to us next week. And then you'll see what you get when you mess with the orphans. You can hear my show on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Download the free app today. Listen anytime, anywhere. Create custom playlists. Rate and review my show on Stitcher. And over 4 million car dashboards. On demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. Stream your favorite podcasts. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store.